Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. <laughs> you like that? You like that? And welcome in to Purple Daily. It is Vikings Packers week, week one. It, it, it feels weird because there's been no preseason games. And, uh, of course, Daniil Hunter is going to be out for at least three weeks. And that was a buzzkill for Vikings fans. But it is Vikings Packers week. And so we welcome in our friend Rob Domofsky from ESPN.com. He's covered the Packers since 1997. Uh, Judd and I have both drank beers with Rob Domofsky on a couple of occasions. <laughs> And Rob, thanks for joining us here on Purple Daily. We're just going to ask you questions through the lens of Vikings fans, starting with how yeah. co- how cooked is Aaron Rodgers? Like super cooked? Is he like medium well, or or what would you say? Or done? Is that what you're getting at? He's done, dude. He was, um, Phil. He, I, I don't care what he says. He was not happy that they picked Jordan Love in the draft. Like, I mean, he can say what he wants, but. There's no way he was. The closest he got to admitting it was that he was surprised. Yeah. Um, but the weird thing is, so like, and you guys know him a little bit, right? He holds a little bit of a grudge. I thought, I honestly thought he would come in like super grumpy and, you know, just kind of a, a pain in the, you know what? He's been unbelievable. Like, there are people who said it's the happiest he's been. He's been jovial with us. Um, he's been like on the field, goofing around, having a good time, but also getting his work done. And after a few early interceptions, the first couple of days, he's looked as good as he ever has, which is, you know, I don't know what that says about, you know, where his mindset is based on everything that happened in the off season, but he sure seems to me like he's pretty dialed in. Rob, do you uh, know, just from talking to uh, people inside this division to me is not that good. And, and the Packers <laughs> and the Packers had this just, Great opportunity to grab some help and to win now and to and to to I think if they had done things right, make themselves the clear cut favorite in the division in 2020 from talking to people. Do you know why they passed on that and and sort of went really big picture future? So a couple of things, Judd. One, I remember a conversation that I had with Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, at his first combine after he got the job. And one of the things I said to him was. You know, doesn't matter what you do, do you realize that your legacy will be based on whether you can find the next franchise quarterback? Uh, because Ron Wolf did it with Favre, Ted did it with Rodgers. And he looked at me and he said, you know, yes, I'm not thinking about that at this moment, but ultimately I realize that. Um, 
and then here we were two years later, he ends up taking the what he thinks is the franchise quarterback. Um, the one thing is they obviously thought their receivers were better than everybody did. And there's two reasons that suggest that they fired the receivers coach. Okay. Um, when you fire a position coach, what does that tell you? That tells you that they thought they didn't get out of those players what they thought they should have gotten. And two, other than the top of the top of the receiver board, and I know that they love the guy that the Vikings took, Jefferson. That was if they were going to try to move up into the early 20s, it was going to be for him. And once the Vikings took him, that was obviously off the board. But they didn't think that this receiver group was top to bottom as good as everybody else did. And and a third thing, and they'll never come right out and say this, but as hard as Rodgers is on receivers, um, and we know that he is based on his, you know, how he's either dismissed guys early on or hasn't given them chances, that I wonder if the thinking is, how can we waste a high first-round pick or a first-round pick at all on a receiver when there's a chance the quarterback won't like him and won't throw to him? Yeah, that's, that's – I mean, that is an interesting angle. I think, you know, w- one thing that gets talked about here a lot, Rob, is – well, that, that relationship between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers must be on ice right now based on the way they handled the draft. Um, to what degree is that true or not? And, and how would you characterize the relationship between those two guys? Yeah, I think LaFleur has smartly um, done everything he could to make it clear that it was a Brian Gutekunst pick while not, you know, trashing the pick itself. Like, uh, obviously, you know, he said the right things, but he's also made it known that, look, this is Brian's job is to think long-term. My job is to think short-term. So um, he, he smartly did that because look, if Aaron Rodgers walked into his office the first time they were allowed in the building and said, Hey Matt, why did you take a quarterback? LaFleur has got to say, Hey, wasn't my pick. You know, um, he has to, uh, just to keep Rodgers, you know, on board. But look, I, a year ago at this time, we were all wondering, right, how those two would get along after the way the, the McCarthy-Rogers relationship deteriorated. And it went better than anybody could have imagined. And, look, we all know that the reason LaFleur was hired was because he's a quarterback guy. He could get Rodgers back to an MVP level. And his ties to this newfangled you know, offense that everybody's in love with, the Shanahan-McVay system. But what I think either underappreciated or unnoticed, even when they hired him, was how good he could be at getting the best player to buy in. And that's what Rodgers did. He, his buy-in was there. I mean, he was his leadership was as good as I've ever seen it um, in terms of attitude and all that. Now, did he have a great statistical season? No. Did he play great? Was Did he struggle with the offense a little bit? Yes. But when those guys in the locker room saw that he was bought in and Zadarius Smith, who's this outgoing guy that they brought into the room, saw that from Rodgers, Zadarius got the defense to buy in. And it was really a harmonious uh, locker room and a harmonious relationship between players and coaches, more so than I've seen in the last, you know, several years around here. Uh, does it, the fact that Love did not grab the backup job immediately concern people, or is that just seen as part of the maturation process in a league where getting to know a professional offense is not an easy thing, yeah. Demo? Well, and especially with no offseason, no OTAs. Right. I mean, I, I know we all hate that stuff, and think it's probably meaningless but I think for a quarterback it probably is a rookie quarterback it has to be um but I will tell you this love struggled I mean I his accuracy was not very good um I never saw him just rear back and fire one like everything in camp was a touch pass a lob pass and his touch was pretty good at times 
and, and off at times, but like, and we only saw, I think it was 12 or 13 practices, Judd, but I never saw him this rare back and fire. I mean, you remember, you remember what Rogers was like as a rookie. Were, were you, you, were you here that camp? No, I can't remember. I was not. Well, he was, he was firing it all over the place. Now, was it always on target? No, but the one thing you noticed right away was the arm strength and with love, it's probably in there somewhere, but the mental aspect of it didn't allow him to come out firing. And really, we won't see that again probably till next summer. Rob, do you think it's 2020 or 23 the year that Rodgers wears a Vikings uniform? I'll go somewhere in between. Uh, <laughs> look, I think, um, I think he's obviously going to play this year, and I think he'll play next year. Um, when you look at the contract that Kenny Clark signed um, this offseason, the $70 million extension, his salary cap figure in – 2022 uh, skyrockets to like, I want to say like 26 million. Uh, Roger's salary cap number that year is 39 million. So I'm not very good at math, but that's a lot of millions in in two guys. And I don't know what the cap's going to look like then, but it sure looks like that would be a, an opportunity anyway for them to move on for, for that, that deal. So you're looking at two more years, probably minimum, but what if Rodgers goes out and plays at MVP level for the next couple of years? Does it end up being like, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo with Brady and they end up trading love like the uh, Patriots traded Garoppolo? So let me ask you this about, about just in terms of Rodgers, let's say he has three or four, however many years left yeah. he has. Whatever you think about his legacy right now compared to what you would think if he won even one more Super Bowl, what is that yeah. jump for you? You know, it's it's funny, Phil, because like, Favre is treated as an absolute god, right? I mean, like here, uh, you guys know that. Mm-hmm. He he won the same number of Super Bowls as Rodgers has won so far. Now, he did go to a second one. I don't know if it was that they were so bad here for so long that what Favre did was, you know, just glorified. But, you know, Rodgers has done similar. He's won two MVPs. He's won one Super Bowl. Um, Favre won three MVPs and one Super Bowl. Um you know, for whatever reason, his legacy just doesn't seem to be as cemented as Favre's was um, even after he went and played for uh, for the Vi- the Jets and the Vikings. So I, I don't know. I have a hard time trying to figure out where how you view Rodgers' success. I mean, th- th- there's the argument they didn't do enough to, um, you know, give him more opportunities. The flip side argument is, did he do enough for himself? Uh, did he not get along with, with – the? Co- did he – bail on McCarthy too soon like did did that cause things where he could have won more so as much as people want to say it's on the organization for not giving him enough I wonder if it's just as much on him too hey Rob as far as that portion of the story goes too, how much of this is going to be written by McCarthy's success or lack thereof in Dallas because it strikes me that if he goes and works with Prescott and I think that they might be good but if he goes to to the Cowboys and has success I think that is going to come back a little bit on the Packers and Aaron as well as far as uh, see what you gave up, and this guy was yeah. a good offensive mind. Yeah, and I think it's a good point, John. More to the point with Aaron, because look, I think from an organization standpoint, like at some point it just it just runs its course. I mean, it's good. It doesn't yes. mean McCarthy's not a good. I mean, look at Andy Reid. You know, look at what Reid did in Kansas City. Just some guys just need a change of scenery. But I think the bigger thing is is just on. You know, Rodgers and, and maybe even McCarthy, too, just for somehow letting it get away from him. Hey, um, oh, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. 
Uh, Rob, point, point. Rob gave Judd the that's a good point point there for Judd. That means, and I am catching up in I, the standings. I have 18 on the season. Judd has 15. So. Oh, I thought yeah. I was at 16. Sorry, I, did, I thought I was at 16. I tell you that quick. Hey, as far as this game goes on Sunday, it's probably not being talked about a lot, but how much do the Packers appreciate or know that there I, there is, a to me, a massive advantage in that game because if you have no fans in that stadium, my man, uh, it makes everyone's life on the Packers' offense that much simpler. Uh, I, I think that that is probably going to be an under-talked-about but huge point yep. for opposing teams that come in uh, to play the Vikings with no fans here. Right. Rodgers talked about it. He told us this week, he goes, I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think we're going to need to use silent count. You know, and, and that's just hard to fathom a game in Minnesota, except, you know, the years they played over at TCF. But, look, the Packers caught a break in the sense that their first two road games are at two of the loudest places, at Minnesota, at, at New Orleans. I mean, like, you know, those are houses of horrors for them. I mean, really, like, it, it's it's – I still, and you guys are in that building way more than I am in the, what, how is it three? This is year four, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, um, I think the, it is, yeah. I, I still don't, five. in the three times I've been there, I still don't think it's comes as close to the Metrodome. It's just my opinion. Um, you guys have been in there way more than I have, but it is still a huge factor, and especially for, you know, the whole pass rush thing and, you know, them not having Hunter, the Packers, right tackle, you know, not being settled, and even if it is settled, I'm not sure it's any good. Uh, so yeah, I think all that that helps the fact. We should do the we should do these hit. We got to let Rob go here, but we should we should make like the opposing media guys have to deal with it too here. So I make your point there. Go ahead, yeah. Rob. Yeah. I remember sitting next to you guys, shot in the press box, right next to you in the Metrodome, and not even be able to hear a word you're saying. Uh, that is Rob Domofsky, ESPN.com Packers reporter. He's been covering the team since the late 1990s and uh, always brings great insight. We appreciate it. We'll probably catch up with you, uh, I don't know, right around bye week when these two teams fired up again, man. I can't wait, guys. We'll be seeing you. All right, and that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Thanks for hanging out with us. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.